Hi, and welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The Human Side of Business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. Hi there, this is Ange McCabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance, where our business is the success of your business. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, facilitator, and your co-host along with Scott Rust of the Elevate Business Podcast. The Elevate Business Podcast is a journey of discovery fueled by curiosity to genuinely understand what makes people tick when it comes to their professional path, choices made, and the personal characteristics that drive performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately success. The Elevate Business Podcast is here to promote the enormous contribution of small and medium-sized businesses around the world by exploring the actions that make a workplace successful, the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of an organization, and how we build whole person leaders from the ground up. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, growing our learning edges, and honoring our passions with a special guest who has elevated their businesses, overcome obstacles, and inspires others to do the same. So glad you're here. Hi, and a warm welcome to the Elevate Business Podcast. I'm your co-host here, Ange McCabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuitive Performance, here with my business partner, Scott Russ, our COO and co-founder. We're excited to have a special episode of the Elevate Business Podcast to share some topics that are top of mind uh, across the board with regards to things like human skills, uh, emotional intelligence, uh, you know, remote working. But today specifically, we want to talk about how Intuity Performance really found our purpose and got into the business of human skills. So I'm going to uh, pass a hot potato over to Scott to kick off the conversation. That's a long pass, and coming from Nova Scotia to Ottawa uh, here in Ontario. I'm going to be waiting a long time for that hot potato. But <laughs> in the meantime, I'll jump in either way. <laughs> So I think, so part of the topic for today is the purpose of intuitive performance and how we kind of focused in on human skills. All right. I'm excited. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I'm actually going to uh, maybe start this off with a question to you, where I know you started uh, intuitive performance prior to me kind of coming on as co-founder. Yes. And had this vision around human skills and everything else. And, you know, that was one of the reasons I think I was really excited about joining forces with you. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about what was it about, about human skills, about those soft skills and focusing on the people behind the job that really inspired you to start into performance? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. So I would kind of break it up into three different fronts. So my own personal experiences, things that have moved me in the workplace uh, to my own epiphanies, and it's turned into problems that can be solved in the workplace. And then my heart and soul, my little guy whose self-proclaimed name is P-Boss. Um, so jumping in from a workplace perspective, uh, being in, in HR at the senior level for 10 plus years, oftentimes where I seen that there were breakdowns in teams had to do with the soft skill side of things. 
Um, and when we say soft skills, we call them human skills. So things like communication, uh, our behavior tendencies, how we're interacting with each other. And, and really what had happened was I, I just started taking notice of the trends. So when I was talking with my peers or my CEOs or my key stakeholders, we were hiring and all of those conversations weren't around the job itself, but the person in that's going into the job. And then if we were talking about performance, um, in some circumstances, it definitely was the tools, but a lot of times it had to do with the connectivity with the people or the management team or impacts of leadership. Mm-hmm. And then if we were making really hard decisions about offboarding team members, again, nine times out of 10, it was the same. We were at the same place, you know, this person's makeup or how they're not fitting with the team or how they're underperforming, quote unquote. But when we dug deeper, it really had to do with a lot of those human skills. Um, and so I started thinking about this, like, what, what does this mean for HR in the workplace? And what does this mean for leadership in the workplace? And what can we do differently as companies? Because we have the responsibility to set those safe to fail environments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was one piece for me. The second piece for me was from my own self-growth, oftentimes, you know, wanting to participate and wanting to be involved and having a voice. And in some circumstances, having passionate opinions, curious when I walked away from conversations as to, okay, what made it really successful and, and other interactions so much where it's like, Ooh, I really crapped the bed on this one. And how do I recover? And, Mm -hmm. and, and what went wrong or what could I do differently? Um, The third thing, and I think the most important thing that really impacted me, um, my son in his younger uh, years had, uh, was, had ADHD and not had, he has. And so we were working through what does that mean to us as a young family? Um, You know, how do we deal with this? And of course, me being me, I I need to dig in and understand, you know, what else besides medication, how Mm. else can we support him? Um, Because it has to do with your brain and everybody's made differently. Um, And so really understanding what my son PBOSS needed was different supports around his behaviors. And, And it really impacted me because it went from, you know, um, tension and arguments and him lashing out and not being able to express himself to him moving to saying, mom, I feel anxious because he's eight years old now. So this is a matter of three years of working with him. So what I did was I learned about this thing called emotional intelligence, and I've always had an affection for behaviors and organizational behavioral psychology. Um, So I knew enough to be dangerous. And I took a a mini course around children and emotional intelligence, Um, and they're making great gains in Europe. Um, I really wish that we had a lot more here in North America. And what we're able to identify is if we unlock the keys around ourselves and how we're feeling and taking that six seconds, because that's how long it takes to go from our reptilian brain, how we react to our cognitive brain, how we want to react or how we manage our emotions, Mm -hmm. um, then it's it's a it's a, a much happier place to be in there. And so, you know, my son has ide- had identified when he was four, he wasn't happy, he was stupid. Uh, he would come home from school and say, mommy, I'm different. Like he knew, like he inherently knew. Uh, and it totally broke my heart. And it's hard, hard for me to talk about now you can see this. 
Um, but what's beautiful about the emotional intelligence piece of things is that we were able to, to work through what he needed. And we were able to talk about um, things that were really important to him at his own level. And it taught me that oftentimes when people are reacting, whether they're six, eight, or 58, they're not acting because of you. They're acting because of something within them. Mm. And so it really, it really kind of turned my eyesights to looking at how we identify with ourselves. So how are we showing up with regards to our own self-confidence and recognizing and being aware of what's going on? And oftentimes in the workplace, we don't have time even to have lunch, let alone think about how we're feeling. Um, the other thing that made it so passionate for me is that if someone so young at the age of six can understand, at, again, at their own level, what's going on with them and name emotions and name what they need, imagine what we could do within in the workplace if we normalized it so that, you know, Scott could come into work someday and be like, you know what, Ange, I just got a new fur baby. I didn't sleep. I'm not on my A game, <laughs> right? We're talking about so, Piper here, right? The, the yeah, puppy. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if, if I'm a little punchy today, this is why, and it being okay. So he's mm. naming emotions. He's naming what he needs in the, in the workplace. And it's just something as simplistic as an ask without, mm. you know, Ange passing judgment that, you know, he didn't hit a deadline or, or he's not coming with his A game 120%. Mm. Um, so that in a long story manner has been, you know, the passion and drivers behind intuitive performance, really to look at individuals and teams from a human side of things and how it impacts our performance. All right. I'm just going to stop recording. I think that was super impactful. (laughs) I don't know. How do I follow up by saying anything after that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry that I got emotional. Like I really didn't I really didn't think that it would impact me like that, but it does still for some reason. No, well, of course it does. I'm not surprised. And I, I do want to acknowledge uh, you for sharing something that is so close to your heart. Um, and, and really, yeah, I, I think that's it's quite amazing. Yeah, definitely. For sure. <laughs> and so if I can maybe recap what, what I heard there, was there from those three things, it was really, you're seeing it in the workplace mm-hmm. where, you know, within jobs and your own experiences, um, you're within those organizations that are really focusing on the people. And yes. so it was identifying and almost like that, that ad age of like hire for personality and train for skill. Right. And, and really looking at the people behind the job rather than the job itself and identifying, okay, well, which, you know, which seat do you fit best within mm-hmm. uh, if you're a good fit within our culture and organization. Right. And then yeah. there is second to that, that personal development drive, where it was like, well, hey, I'm, I'm kind of noticing these own things within myself and I wonder if I can improve on them. And I know that's something I definitely resonate with as well uh, in terms of that, you know, going down that personal development route. And it's it's interesting, the great, the more self-awareness I feel like I have. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's just a really interesting thing. And I'll use an analogy here maybe to help understand. Yes. Um, and it's really a super simple one. It's just about drinking water. Right. It's, the more that I drink water, the more I actually realize how dehydrated I am. And right. I can't imagine back in the day when I wasn't drinking very much water, how dehydrated I actually was. But it mm-hmm. wasn't until I built up that self-awareness as to, hey, this is what actually feeling hydrated feels like. 
Right. <laughs> and it sounds so simple and so, so menial, but on a bigger scale, when we're talking about uh, within the workplace, within having connections with your colleagues, or within having relationships at home with the, the yes. people around you, having that kind of self-awareness and having that kind of internal dialogue or that ability to take those six seconds yeah. and really identify, hey, what's coming up for me here? Exactly. Why, why am I approaching it in this manner? Why am I, you know, why is this emotion all of a sudden showing up for me? And rather than maybe snapping negatively, taking that moment and identifying where it came from and then being able to, uh, to move on from there or be able to adapt. Exactly. You named it. And to normalize this too, like we know, Scott, you know, we, we bounce around stats where you kind of geek out on, on this stuff <laughs> and looking into what's relevant uh, in our industry right now. And we know that only 18% of us are really self-aware, like genuinely self-aware coming from Harvard Business Review uh, research studies. Mm-hmm. The, the interesting anecdotal thing to this is that, you know, one thing that we discovered with one of our coaching clients is that when it comes to our emotions, in experiencing coaching with some of our clients, you know, uh, an anecdotal or funny conversation kind of came up. I think it was about two weeks ago now, where we started talking about this thing called imposter syndrome. Um, mm. And so, as we were talking about that, we start digging a little bit deeper as to, okay, what does this imposter mean? Um, and what came out of that conversation was, to normalize how we think about ourselves or how we even create space to think about our behaviors in the workplace, we've been given the, all of these responsibilities. So budgets, finances, technology, people even, but we haven't been given to your point earlier, Scott, the tools to really understand what that means to us and how we really want to operate. And so it's like, we have these brains, which are like power units without a manual. And we started kind of joking and bantering that idea back and forth, the coaching client and I, and what I kind of came up with is like, oftentimes when it comes to self-awareness, it's like we have this toddler in our brain and things can happen and we react. So the toddler reacts and it's kind of out there wildly or on rampant in some circumstances, but yet we have the sophistication as an adult. Um, and, and I mean that in, in a jovial perspective, mm-hmm. uh, because oftentimes we don't think about our behaviors and how we're impacting or the domino effect even uh, within the workplace. Oh, that, I, I really like that, that analogy around the toddler running around in your mind and just reacting to things and banging and like going, doing whatever, rather than like that kind of Zen and being able to take that step back and kind of like, okay, right. how would I like to intentionally approach this? rather than being uh, reactive to, to what comes up. Yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and so for us, like we get really passionate when it comes to this idea around whole person performance. And what we mean by that is looking at that whole person. So training and development, mm-hmm. um, their performance, how they're meeting objectives, how they're fitting within the team and the organization as a whole. And part of these human skills makes up a lot um, of these portions, right? So that's where our passion really fits into performance because as, as we look or at the definition of performance and how it's evolving, especially these days, um, I would say, or I would debate like 60 to 70% of that is our human skills. And, and what does that mean to us, right? So mm-hmm. it's been really interesting in working with clients, especially the past 18 months, 
Um, mm-hmm. Because we're finding that, you know, even talking about our passion of whole person performance, it's really resonating more now than it ever has. And Scott, I think you can attest to this, that even in the past, you know, two to three months, people are coming to us and being like, hey, what's our purpose here as an organization? How can mm-hmm. we gel better? Um, or, hey, we're, we're, we've just gone through a merger and acquisition. How do we get the teams to work together, especially at the leadership level? Mm-hmm. Um, and we get excited about it to have these conversations, even if even in the discovery stages, because mm-hmm. uh, more and more we're starting to move from IT as assets or, you know, company assets into people assets. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more, Ange. And I mean, I think you've touched on the, some really amazing points around the, uh, the human skills and more of a human-centric uh, workplace environment mm-hmm. and how people are recognizing more and more that it's not, it's not so much the technical skills and not that those aren't important, but those right. are, are continually evolving and changing. Right. Because right now we're, we're running the route race, just trying to keep up with new technology and understanding how to use it and you know, how to leverage it within the organizations. Um, but that key factor that helps you do all those things is actually those human skills, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think I read a stat around with the, Dan Chabel mentioned, I think it was specifically around millennials, that yeah. they will have to reinvent themselves within their career at least five times. So what that really means is like, you're going to be really shifting, or you're going to have a big career shift in your life at least four or five times. Right. And, you know, what, what comes up for me around that is that, okay, well, if you're making that shift, if those technical skills aren't transferable, what would be transferable? And exactly. it brings you right back to those human skills. Exactly. Right back to the, the self-awareness, the communication yeah. skills, the emotional intelligence, uh, better understanding of yourself and the adaptability to be able to um, gel with others around you. Yeah, exactly. And it's really interesting from an HR perspective when it comes back to quote unquote gelling. Um, because in HR, we always like to be able to measure something uh, or be able to prove or validate, um, you know, uh, what we're doing within a system within our organizations. And what that kind of comes, what comes up for me is um, kind of the age old debate around core competencies versus technical competencies. And I, I would want to take it a step further, though and not segregate our quote unquote soft skills from our hard skills, but rather integrate them in Mm. the sense that we can be a players and, you know, or be our unicorn on paper technically, but we could not fit or we could be a a shitty boss and, and, you know, not know what we not know at that point in time when it comes to our human skills. Mm. And so I think what we're going to start to see in the HR landscape more and more is that, when we're looking at performance measures, we're getting into not only how are they performing within the technical side of things, but how are they also um, adapting or working with company core values? And by the way, what other, I guess, what other um, human skills can we look at and tangibly measure from a place of equity uh, in the workplace? So, you know, having a lot of those conversations with my own HR peers in industry at this point in time as to what that looks like. And it's, it's just a really interesting conversation because it's easy to talk about something that's tangible. It's challenging and awkward to talk about something that we don't fully understand mm-hmm. or even know about. 
And so, you know, that's where we really come in to help support organizations is to understand, you know, where, where do we want to have conversations? And, you know, as per the gelling, what does that mean? Are we looking at the team tendencies? Are we looking at their behaviors? Um, Are we looking at how they communicate? Um, Or are we looking at a larger picture with regards to making sure that we're aligning with the strategy? So that we're showing up on a day-to-day basis and doing what we're say what we say that we're going to do based on our core values or what's written on the walls. And I'm hearing two things there, Ange. And so one is actually elevating your own skills uh, as yeah. an individual or as a group or as a company. Um, but then it's also now creating the environment to be able to exercise those skills. And so if you're if you're one person who has a willingness, let's say, to be vulnerable, okay, that's great. But if you never have the opportunity to be able to speak what's on your mind, or if you have, for example, a boss that just shuts you down every time and doesn't also have those same emotional intelligence skills, we'll call them, or human skills, um, you know, it starts to, things don't gel that way, right? And so it's really helping build that foundation um, across the whole team to help elevate everybody up. Uh, rather than just one individual at a time. I just want to say thanks to all of our subscribers to tuning into this special episode um, and hoping that you can catch us uh, for our next Elevate Business podcast. Take good care. Take good care. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Elevate Business podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to future podcasts at intuitiveperformance.com where you can also sign up for webinars and learn more about professional coaching and our facilitation solutions available to help fire up your whole person performance skills and drive actions for success. Until next time, stay true to you and take care of each other. We are all better together. Thanks for listening to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting? Explore the whole person leadership cohort by Intuity Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.